0: Uh, We're in part two of our We See Miracles series, a series that we've based out of uh, the book of Mark, and uh, we heard last Sunday, uh, if you are here, and sorry we didn't get to put that up uh, throughout the week, Uh, we momentarily lost the USB drive, we found it, Uh, we found it, and so we'll have both messages up uh, this week for you to have a listen to, but last week we had a look at some key points about Mark's. About Mark, who he was, and also at uh, the book of Mark, and we heard last Sunday uh, some of the key points about the Gospel of Mark, and how Mark was writing to uh, the Roman Christians, and he was writing to uh, the Gentiles in that time. We heard about how Mark places this emphasis more on what Jesus did than he did on what Jesus said, uh, and. And we saw how Mark moved uh, quickly from one episode of uh, Jesus' life and ministry to another and how Mark had dedicated more of his accounts uh, than any of the other gospel writers to Jesus' miracles. And so throughout the series, uh, we'll be looking at uh, these miracles and some of the events that happened around them to see what we could learn, uh, not just about the miracles, uh, but about Jesus. And so last Sunday... Uh, We looked at our first miracle in the series, which was in Mark uh, 1, verse 21 through to 27. And it's an account of Jesus casting out an unclean spirit. And uh, we touched on how uh, we see in Mark's account of that miracle a picture of uh, Jesus the teacher. We see uh, in that miracle a picture of Jesus' authority and of Jesus' cleansing power. And so the challenge that we were left with Uh, last Sunday was that uh, our our walk with God and our journey as Christians requires more from us than just to know these things about Jesus or just to know these things about God. And as we discovered uh, in uh, last Sunday's story, even the demon that Jesus was speaking to knew uh, these things about him. The demon knew who Jesus was and who he is He knew how powerful Jesus is. And so to separate ourselves as disciples of Jesus who are set apart for God's purposes, I I suggested that we needed to move from just all this knowledge, all this knowing about Jesus to a place where we've responded um, in love to Jesus. Moving from just knowing about Him to a place of loving Him and loving our God, our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so uh, I hope that in the past week you've been able to uh, just connect with God in a new way that's drawing you deeper into his love, his grace, and into his goodness, because that is a good thing. And so we see Jesus perform uh, miracles of three different different types or three different uh, key forms. And last Sunday we had a look at a miracle which Jesus had performed over a mental illness um, and in the spirit realm. Uh, this week, we're going to be looking at a miracle which Jesus performs over a physical illness and in the physical realm. And next Sunday, we're going to be look, looking uh, at a miracle that Jesus performs over nature. Could you believe that? I'm so far organized that I know what I'm speaking about next Sunday. It's a good thing. Debbie thinks it's amazing. <clears throat> uh, and so this morning, we're going to uh, keep moving uh, through from where we left off last Sunday in Verse 28. Uh, and if you're assuming that at this rate we're not going to get through all of Mark in our four weeks, you're right, we're not. Uh, but we'll see what happens when we get uh, down that path. Uh, but we're going to pick up from verse 28. And again, we're just going to move quickly through uh, the verses that are going to be leading up to the story that we want to focus on and unpack uh, this morning. But let's pray uh, before we do that. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for uh, your word. Father God, we thank you, Lord. For the truth, uh, Lord, that has been inspired and set apart by You for teaching, for correction, uh, Father, for inspiration, and Lord, I just pray this morning that You would speak to each of us, Father God, through Your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that You would use me uh, as Your vessel, Father God, to uh, to just bring uh, to enlighten Your truth. Uh, in this place, Father, I pray, Lord, that you'll just again just multiply uh, today's message into every individual, Father God, that you might be able to speak into their hearts and into their needs uh, in a unique way, like only you can. So, Father God, we just open our ears and our spiritual eyes to you this morning, and we pray, Father God, to speak and have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So immediately uh, following Jesus casting out the unclean spirit uh, in verse 28, uh, it tells us uh, that Jesus' fame then spreads. And it goes on from verse 28 through to uh, verse 40, kind of highlighting some of the things and some of the other miracles that Jesus performed. So Jesus goes through and he heals uh, Peter's uh, mother-in-law, who's got a high fever, uh, and as they're traveling by, he heals her. And then as he's making his way through uh, Galilee, um, he's healing a whole lot of other people. So many others are being healed uh, of sicknesses. Um, demons are being cast out as um, Jesus is going through and healing uh, a whole variety of different diseases. And so they moved into a town. They were moving from town to town and Jesus was preaching uh, throughout Galilee uh, there, and then in verse 40 to 45, we read the account of Jesus healing a leper. And it's this miracle that we're going to uh, be unpacking this morning. So let's, uh, let's read it and read the passage in its entirety uh, before we unpack a couple of the verses uh, within it. So uh, if you have your Bibles there, we're in Mark 1, verse 40 to 45. Uh, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, which is also Um, up here on the screen for you to follow through on. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And he said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things that Moses, uh, which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city. But was outside the desert places, and they came to him from every direction. So, this story here that's also written about in uh, Matthew 18 and in Luke 5, uh, where the key phrases and the key emphasis of words um, across those three translations in the NIV are exactly the same, uh, and and they're they're mirrored um, almost identically. Uh, And it's a story of Jesus cleansing, uh, again, this leper, Then Jesus' cleansing power being something that we touched on uh, last Sunday, and remembering uh, that Mark's purpose and Mark's focus was not so much uh, getting us to grab a handle of what Jesus was teaching, as it was getting us to grab a handle of who Jesus is, of Jesus' nature, of Jesus' power, of Jesus' character. And also, uh, as we'll find out further down the track, what it means to be, f- be followers of Jesus and to follow uh, Jesus' example. And so we go through uh, this passage. So as we go through this passage this morning, we're going to look at, uh, again, what we see in Jesus and also uh, what we can learn from this leper and the way in which he approached Jesus. So in verse 40, it says, Now a leper came to him. Imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. So we know from verse 28 again that Jesus' fame is kind of shot across Galilee. And so this leper has obviously got word that Jesus is kind of moving around, that he's healing people. He's obviously got word about uh, the power that Jesus has and the influence that Jesus has, and he's he's got himself to a place where he now believes in Jesus, and we see that as he comes towards Jesus. So lepers in those days were outcasts, outcasts from society, uh, as many of us uh, are aware, and this leper came to Jesus kneeling, and in Matthew, in his account of the story, he says that this leper came to Jesus worshiping him. So he's come to Jesus kneeling, he's come to Jesus worshiping him, and in this time in biblical, in, in the biblical history, and in ancient times, it was against the law to worship anyone other than God. It was in their first commandment that you shall have no other God but me. And remember, Jesus, Jesus hasn't been declared to the people yet as the Messiah, it hasn't been made known so often we read scripture and we know that Jesus is the messiah and we assume that everyone in the story is aware of it but people uh, as Jesus is starting out of his ministry Jesus is starting out his ministry it hasn't been made uh, it hasn't been revealed until it's revealed to Peter from the father in in mark 8 verse 25 that Jesus is the messiah and if you read through the story we actually find that leading up uh, leading up to Uh, This passage, in verse 34, Jesus wouldn't allow demons to speak because it says in verse 34, because they knew who he was. So there's debate about it that I haven't really got to the bottom of. But for some reason, in Jesus' ministry, there there was a reason why he didn't want who he was revealed until a certain time. And so right throughout doing these healings, you know he says it says that the demons he wouldn 't let speak about who he was because they were the only ones who really knew that he was the Son of God earlier on in the verse in last week 's story it says, "Holy One of God is what the demon called Jesus, and then Jesus rebuked his testimony and so anyone who 's kind of sitting here and observing this is considering this leper. Uh, and, and, and seeing what this leper is doing and seeing this leper worshiping a man would be of the assumption that he is doing a sin against God. And he says to Jesus, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Which shows us evidence that this leper has found faith somehow in Jesus. And having found faith in Jesus, he comes in humility. He comes worshiping. He comes on his knees, appealing to Jesus with faith for his healing. A point that we're going to loop back to uh, shortly. In verse 41, it goes on to say, Then Jesus, moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him, and said to him, I am willing Cleansed. So, if you're taking notes this morning, your first point is that we see in Jesus a God of compassion. Jesus is a God of compassion. So, Mark tells us he's moved with compassion, and it's only uh, it's only in Mark's gospel that we actually have this word compassion used. Or that this word compassion is used. And Mark, uh, whose goal is to show us a picture of who Jesus is, uses it here to show that Christ's power is employed and that Christ's power is moved when uh, is moved for the relief of the poor in spirit. That God's power is moved as Jesus is is touched by those who are poor in spirit, for those poor in their souls, and for those who are hungry for the Holy Spirit. So this leper is a picture of the poor in spirit that we read about in Matthew's account of the Sermon on the Mount, when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who are outcast by society, those who have been rejected, but who are hungry for a touch of God, or for a touch from God. And when the man with leprosy asks for his healing, Uh, Jesus feels the emotion that uh, a man, the emotion of a man who desires uh, not only a healing over his physical body, but who desires wholeness in his life. You know, the leper was not merely asking to be physically healed, he didn't ask Jesus to remove his leprosy. didn't just ask Jesus to heal him physically. He said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And we spoke about that cleansing power last Sunday. You know, leprosy would have kept this man from the feast days. It would have kept this man from worshipping in the temple. It would have kept this man out of the city. Uh, It would have kept him isolated. And so this man's desire wasn't just to be healed, but it was to return to the wholeness and the fullness of life that came with being healed. It was to return to civilization, to a place of normality, to be able to worship God with the other Jews. And Jesus' response to him was, be clean. And so in being clean, the man wasn't only uh, healed of what was probably a painful condition, uh, but he was also clean and clear to worship God. In fact, Jesus' instruction to him was to go to the priests and to go to the temple. He was clear to live his life again uninhibited by illness, social judgment, and he was freed from the physical and emotional bondage that his illness plagued him with. Both he and Jesus realized the significance of that act. He was free to live life again. So here's a question. Just a quick question. If there's any area of your life which is preventing you from coming freely to Jesus, that's causing you to be isolated from fellowship, from worship, remember that Jesus is a God of compassion. And you are always able to come to him, amen? Our second point this morning is that we see in Jesus a God who reaches out. You know, in response to the leper's plea, uh, it says that Jesus not only reaches out, but he touches uh, this leper, which is significant. And uh, Often, uh, often missed significance uh, in this story, but it's significant because in those days it was considered that if a clean person were to touch a leper, that the clean person was now unclean and should have been treated likewise. So it made that Jewish person unclean because it raised uh, the risk of contracting the disease And they were outcast because the risk of them contracting the disease also meant that it raised the risk of them spreading it within uh, the city. It made them infectious. So this man has likely not had human contact for some time. Making a physical touch by Jesus significant. You know, leprosy throughout the scripture is often used as a metaphor for unholiness. And so one of the things that we see in this story is that it just completely encapsulates uh, the gospel story and what the gospel is all about. That we come to Jesus unclean, sick in our sin, uh, incurable, hurting in our human condition, uh, unreconciled from others, and separated from God, And Jesus, who comes down, reaches out his hand and cleanses and changes our whole lives. What a cool friend to have, eh? You know, in his grace, he addresses all the areas of our life at once. And most importantly, he makes us whole and makes us able to worship in the presence of God and come into the presence of God. God of compassion, the God who reaches out. Just on those two points, um, before we move on, there are a number of scriptures where we're told that Jesus was moved by compassion. Where we're told that Jesus was stirred by what was going on, either for a person or for a group of people. Uh, when Jesus uh, feeds the multitudes, that was one of those cases where Jesus it says Jesus was moved by compassion because the people hadn't eaten, and so um, and so we know that Jesus then, uh, you know, he feeds uh, those people miraculously, and we see that when Jesus was moved with compassion like he is here in this story, that Jesus then acted. So here he's moved with compassion, and then he reached out his hand and touched this man, acting on his compassion. And you know, there's a lesson uh, for us in regards to our Christ-like living, just in that illustration of what Jesus does alone. How often have we felt burdened, stirred in our heart, felt compassion for someone or for something or for a cause or for a neighbour and rather than acting on it, we've just gone about our lives as normal. We've just gone about doing what we do And as we think about that, what difference could we have made to one person or to even a number of people if we'd acted on the plight of that colleague or that neighbor or that family member or that friend when we were moved by their story? The next time we're moved by someone's story. My challenge is to all of us, that rather than just ignoring it, why don't we ask God to reveal to us why we're feeling that way and how he would like us to respond and act on that. Maybe God wants to do something through us, for others. You know, I'm sure like me, uh, we'd all like to make a huge impact on our community and on the lives of those who are our loved ones and on the people around us. But I was reminded just as I was looking at this point that it all begins with impacting one life and then impacting another life. And then impacting one other life. Is that okay this morning? So verse 42. It says, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. So point number three this morning is that Jesus can work immediately. You know, we serve a God that as we're faithful, we serve a God that as we're steadfast, that as we continue to seek after him, that he can bring us suddenly into our circumstances. We've seen that in our lives, that at any moment, God can shift things immediately for you. You know, in all three accounts of the story, Matthew, Mark, Luke, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they all use this word immediately. I cross-referenced that with three other, uh, three other translations other than the New King James Version. They all used the word immediately. In the one case that the word immediately wasn't used, it used the word instantly. And so I wonder this morning, do we still believe in a God who can move instantly through our circumstances? Is the story shows us that the, the, the power that is in the name of Jesus can shift things immediately amen you know the process of, of the process in Leviticus regarding um, the diagnosis of leprosy regarding uh, being made being healed of leprosy and then, then going through to getting it checked, uh, which involved what Jesus suggested. It, it meant going to uh, the priests uh, in the temple. That that was a lengthy process that people went through because uh, it, was, it was required of the priests to kind of be an expert in the different kind of skin conditions and different kind of skin ailments, ailments so they could identify which ones were leprosy and which ones weren't, um, and then uh, over a season, they kind of they kind of test that and just check that uh, it was cleared from people before they recognized that it was healed. But when Jesus speaks, the man with leprosy is healed immediately. There was no process, there was no waiting period, there was no need for medication. it was instant instantly and completely healed. A miracle that can only be attributed to the work and to the touch of Jesus. Now the leper was cast out by society and not allowed to engage with others. He was isolated, he was looked down upon and we don't know how long he's had leprosy for, but he's probably feeling pretty beaten down, pretty broken, pretty discouraged, like many of us have felt before. And he's probably had some pretty, some pretty hard days and he's probably had days where he's felt like his struggle was just coming to no end whatsoever. There was no light at the end of the tunnel. No hope. Just complete desperation. And then he hears about this Jesus. This man. He's just walking around and healing a whole lot of people. Casting out demons. Changing lives. And he comes to Jesus Just in that state, completely broken, in humility, comes worshiping, and he receives the touch from Jesus. You know, church, Jesus is still alive today. power that Jesus still touches people today. He's still healing today. He's still transforming lives today. He still works immediately and instantly and suddenly in people's lives today. So let's never give up on Him because this leper would have been an absolute rock bottom. In fact, at this low point in his life uh, that he's currently in, society has completely ridden him off. His illness is probably something that many of us won't ever experience the level of rejection that he would have seen in that day where everyone around him, I don't don't know if we could ever understand that. That everyone around him just completely rejects him. Stays away from him. And yet he still comes worshiping. told Jesus was moved with compassion. You know, there's never anything that we could do to make Jesus do anything or to make God do anything. It's His will that's perfect. But when Jesus sees our heart and when Jesus sees our need, Moved. When Jesus hears our prayers, when the Father hears the cry of His people, so often throughout Scripture, God is moved. So often He says, I've heard the cry of my people, and He is moved. So no matter how low things get for you, Don't ever let anything isolate you. It's like the enemy's MO. If he can get you on your own, he can get you vulnerable. Don't let anything take you out. Keep walking towards him. Keep living obediently in Him. And let's keep believing with faith in the God of suddenlies. Amen. Let's keep believing in faith for the God who can move in an instant. Whether He does or not, we have to trust His perfect timing. Inspiration, remember that he's a God of compassion who reaches out and touches us shifting things in our circumstances Just with the sound of his voice